We Turned Out Okay is a show about children and families. You get to see into the mind of a child development expert, and you'll learn tons about kids and why they do what they do. It's for grown-ups, so it's not always G-rated. But it's almost always PG. And we'll let you know when it's PG-13 or higher. Also, you can expect some rabbit holes and detours. But we return to the topic at hand. Besides, rabbits are awesome. What have you got against rabbits? Anyway, sit back, relax, and prepare to learn about how to stay sane while raising your little kids. Enjoy the show! Come on, guys! We turned out okay. The modern parent's guide to old school parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello and welcome to We Turned Out Okay. This is episode 271 of the show that helps you change your child's behavior from bad to good, feel happy inside, and truly enjoy the time that you spend with your family. And this is the, I think, the second to last, the penultimate part of our series about how to raise successful kids. I take successful to mean whatever you... um think it should mean. <laughs> uh, presumably that's that's going to have something to do with like their comforts and their happiness and um, and, ha- and how fulfilling their life is. And, and that's what this series is kind of all about. I forgot to say at the beginning, I am Karen Locke Culp. Welcome to the show. If you are new to the show, I am a child development expert and a parent coach. I have a private exclusive coaching community that is called the Ninja Parenting Community based on one of the books that I wrote. And that and the podcast and lots of free resources and other cool things are all available at weturnedoutokay.com. So go check it out. And although do it after you listen, (laughs) because I am excited to dive into this one. Today's episode is all about the, the mindset of the parents and how that impacts the kids. And specifically, the, the mindset that I'm talking about is how, how we view effort and how we view failure, which I think is a really, really interesting thing to, to consider, right? Uh, and I, as I've taken some of the parts of this Successful Kids series over the weeks that I've been doing this, over the weeks and months I've been doing it, I, um, I read, I, th- th- this has all kind of been sparked by my reading of an article that came out several years ago in The Independent, which is a British newspaper. And uh, I read, I happened to read this in the summer of 2018, but it was already a couple years old then. And it's an article called Science Says Something. Hold on. Science says parents of successful kids have these 11 things in common. And I will link to the article in the show notes which will be located at weturnedoutokay.com slash 271. Or you can just click the link right in your show notes in your podcatcher right here. Uh, So number nine on this list is these parents value effort over avoiding failure. And just let that sink in for a moment. They value effort over avoiding failure. And then I'll just read to you this section of the article. Where kids think success comes from also predicts their attainment. I presume their attainment of success. 
Over decades, Stanford University psychologist Carol Dweck has discovered that children and adults think about success in one of two ways. Over at the always fantastic brain pickings, the article continues, Maria Popova says they go a little something like this. And this is these are quotes from Maria Popova. A fixed mindset assumes that our character, intelligence, and creative ability are static givens that we cannot change in any meaningful way. And success is the affirmation of that inherent intelligence, an assessment of how those givens measure up against an equally fixed standard. Striving for success and avoiding failure at all costs become a way of maintaining the sense of being smart or skilled. So in other words, you believe that the intelligence you have that you're born with is what you have over your life, and you cannot do anything to change that. That's why it's called a fixed mindset. Continuing with the article, a growth mindset, on the other hand, thrives on challenge and sees failure not as evidence of unintelligence, but as a heartening springboard for growth and for stretching our existing abilities. So you feel that you are capable of growth. You are not necessarily given all of the chips that you're going to have over your whole life. You can accumulate more. You can get more intelligence. You can, you can grow, really. Back to the article. At the core is a distinction in the way you assume your will affects your ability, and it has a powerful effect on kids. If kids are told that they aced a test because of their innate intelligence, that creates a fixed mindset. If they succeeded because of effort, that teaches a growth mindset. And I think this is really an important place to to just stop and consider. So say we have two kids taking a test. And this is actually what Carol Dweck's research research was all about. She would have kids, I don't necessarily know if they were called tests, but she would have kids work out a problem. And she would tell the kids randomly, she would tell the kids, you're really smart. So I know that you are going to ace this test. And, um, or she would tell the kids something like, this is a challenge. And, um, because of the way our brains work, challenges can can teach us more. We can learn and grow based on based on you know mistakes that we make or whatever. I feel like it's a little bit structured a little bit differently than that, but that's the basic point. You communicate to kids either you're going to do great on this test because you're so smart or you you might make a mistake and that's fine because it's how we learn. And um or so a way to say that might be to say something like you're so you're so capable um I can see that the challenge of this is what makes it fun for you. And if you say that to a child in succeeding tests and succeeding like future challenges that are put before them, they're going to be much more up for the challenge. So in these math examples, what would happen is the kids who had, quote, aced the test because of their innate intelligence that they were told this wasn't actually true. I mean, like it wasn't, it wasn't true that, that they knew these things about these kids necessarily. It was, they were told that to see what would happen as they, as the experiment sort of went on. Right. And what they discovered is that kids who had been told that they were successful because of their innate intelligence shirked or, or, or rejected new challenges. They really, because they didn't want to fail. They, they hated the idea of, making a mistake, thus proving their stupidity, that they weren't smart in the way that the test giver thought that they were smart. And so um, we can see this having an effect on our kids if if we say to them, well, I know you're really smart. You're so smart. You're so smart. Um, That's why you got this right. 
eventually they'll come up against something that they don't know the answer to. And they'll think, well, I'm only that smart. I'm not smart enough to to figure this out. So you, you get a lot of kids cheating, for example, because they they are afraid to show you that they failed. I mean, right now I'm thinking of the movie The Breakfast Club, where um, the supposed smart kid uh, tries to kill himself, brings a gun to school because um, he he can't he can't <laughs> have failed at something that he he failed. You know, he can't have failed this particular class that he was, that he has actually failed. And, um, that's such a good movie. I will link to it in the show notes because it's like one of our favorites. Um, so hold on, I'm just going to write the breakfast club over here. And the other thing I'm thinking of is Jessica Leahy, who has, um, she's just the most incredible lady. She has been, she, she wrote a book several years ago called the gift of failure. And this book was about, it was literally helping people understand the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset, but it was so much more than that. In fact, actually, we spend a lot of time talking about that in our conversation. Jess came on the show and um, you can find her conversation at weturnedoutokay.com slash 134. It was episode 134 of the show. So if you want to know more, if you want to dig in more to the specific like success uh, fixed versus growth mindset and the research of Carol Dweck. Jessica knows so much about that and she came on the show and helped us all understand it. So definitely go there for that. She um, also wrote this book, which which is a real expansion on that idea. And the book, The Gift of Failure, got started because she had a, she taught middle school at the time. And she's now moved on, and by the way, into some really interesting things, including like kids and addiction and how to help kids not become addicted to to uh, to all kinds of things, drugs, but also other things, right? And I really, really hope to get her back on the show when that book is, when her newest book is published, it'll be sometime in 2020. So looking forward to that. But anyway, she talks in this particular book about a girl that she had in her class, in her middle school class, who had clearly plagiarized a report that she had sent in, that she turned in. And Jessica calls this girl's mom and says, listen, I I need to give your daughter an F because she clearly plagiarized this. And the mom says, no, you can't punish her for that. I wrote that for her because she doesn't have time to write, to write papers. And like, it just, for Jessica, just opened up this whole idea of like, here's a parent who's not allowing her child to fail and make a mistake. And because of that, the child isn't going to be able to learn from the potential book report that she would have written that would not have gone over quite so well, maybe, you know, who knows. But um, she's also micromanaging this child's life and making it so that the the child in question cannot grow up into a a person who has competence and um, experiences to, to base their adult lives on. And this is a problem for a lot of young people now. They were raised by helicopter parents, as I like to call them, lawnmower parents, which is something I learned from the folks at Everyday Ethics, that wonderful podcast. Um, and when when you do everything for your child and mow everything down that could potentially be a, a, a holdup to them, what we do when we do that is we deprive them of the experiences that that they need so that when they go out into the world, they're successful, happy, fulfilled people. We, in effect, teach them, you can't do anything for yourself, so I'm going to do everything for you. 
And that is also a big part of this. So valuing effort over avoiding failure, to my mind, really means this. It, it, it's, it really means making sure that we uphold our kids' ability to fail. And we do that by, by valuing the effort over avoiding the failure. And I will definitely have some more. There's some more factors involved in how do we accomplish this? Because it seems like a miraculous feat, right? So you can stay tuned because after the break, we will dig into how to value effort over avoiding failure in your own life with your own child. So stay tuned for that. And welcome to the break for episode 271. This is a very special episode because it's all about mindset and how that can work for or against our kids as they grow into adults. You know, we can we can help them be successful, we can help them be less successful, all based on the mindset that we bring to parenting. So I want to get you right back to that as soon as possible. I got a couple of things to share about. So um, if you are a longer time listener, you'll know that I don't accept corporate sponsorship for We Turned Out Okay. I want you, I use these breaks to share about what's happening, things that are happening in the We Turned Out Okay universe, and I am getting better at it. So I'm streamlining these, I'm getting a little bit faster at it, and um, still getting you the information that that you need uh, to know what's going on in the, in the We Turned Out Okay universe. So let me get started, and I'll get you back to the episode ASAP. First of all, Magic Words for Parents and the YouTube Live that I do each week are back this week. So yesterday on March the 25th, if all went well, I am, I am, I don't usually pre-record these breaks. I like to do them almost, you know, pretty much as close to the podcast episode dropping as possible. But because of the things going on in our, in our lives, I've had to pre-record some of them. And so, as I say, if all goes well, God willing and the creek don't rise, uh, we are back to the magic word for parents videos that I do every week in our Facebook group, the We Turned Out Okay Facebook group. And this one is all about one question that you can ask your child to foster a growth mindset. So we're in the middle of this episode now. So hopefully um, I have shared with you the difference between a growth and a fixed mindset. Fixed mindsets hold people back. Growth mindsets help people have the the best life that they can possibly have. And uh, so we want to foster that. And yesterday in, in podcast time, yesterday's my magic words for parents was all about one question. These are super quick. I do them um, every Monday, 1030 Eastern Standard Time in the Facebook group. And so you should join if you're not already. And then you can you can see this one, you can see past ones, and you can see future ones as well. All right. And then the YouTube live that I do every week. Uh, <clears throat> this week, I, I, I always do them on Thursdays, but I can't ever say a real time because sometimes my day gets derailed and I can't quite do them when I wish I could. But anyway, uh, at some point this coming Thursday, I am going to do a YouTube live on how our mindset influences our kids' eventual success. And it's these YouTube lives are kind of a distillation of this of these episodes of We Turned Out Okay. So this is a long form show. We do hear from Ben at the beginning of every show now to help us understand, first of all, because I love to hear his voice, but second of all, because um, I want you to understand going into it that you're committing to like 45 minutes or sometimes longer, right? Of, um, 
of looking into the mind of a child development expert. If you need quick help, I do offer some other things. So what some of the free things that I offer, for example, are these magic words for parents, they're like three to five minutes long. Um, the YouTube live is generally 10 minutes or so. And I try to um, just distill this episode for you so that you've got it. And you can either go to weturnedoutok.com slash 271 and look right in the show notes for this, for this particular YouTube live, <clears throat> or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel and then you can watch them all in YouTube. And if you subscribe to the channel, you will get a notification that I go live. So, so that's, that's, you know, kind of a cool thing over there. All right. As I just mentioned, um, we do have Ben, his wonderful voice at the top of the show. And uh, it is a long form show, but I do offer some some resources if you need quicker help. So if you go to weturnedoutok.com slash 271 and you scroll down, you'll be able to find A, this YouTube live video embedded right in the post, but B, also <clears throat> um, I have a free guide that is about how to handle every temper tantrum. And I have a free guide that is about how to uh, potty train, even in times of stress, even under stress. These each um, are a video and a checklist that you that you get instantly when you um, when you confirm that you are signing up for the guide. And then you can have them watched and read in like an afternoon and you can, you know, the next time your child, what I want is so that after you read these immediately, you can put this help into practice. You can put these ideas into practice and you can handle those temper tantrums better and you can take the steps that you need to take in order to be successful at potty training. So, um, so that's that, those are some things that you can, um, you can find embedded in this post, in the show notes for this post. But right in this podcatcher, if you scroll down right in the podcatcher, you will see that I am offering a class on Thursday, this coming Thursday, March the 28th in how to get quality child care. And it is going to teach you uh, the most important things that that you need to keep in mind regarding your child's caregivers, things like, um, I want, I want you to be able to learn the keys to finding the best childcare for your young child. I don't want a crucial factor that can hold parents up to hold you back from getting great childcare or from, um, having a great relationship with your current providers, if you're not feeling that's the case. <laughs> uh, and also I want you to understand which questions to ask and which to avoid, uh, to assure that your child thrives when they're in others' care, there's going to come a day, if it hasn't already, where you need to give your child up to somebody else for a short time to, while you go off and do your thing. Because we're, the, the simple fact is we don't want to be with them all the way through their lives, right? And, you know, we don't want somebody who's 35 and has literally never been out of our presence. <laughs> um, and that means somebody else is going to take care of your child. And that means that we need to, we need, I want to show you how you can best get quality childcare. And that's what this class is all about. I am going to take questions uh, from people who attend. And if you can't be there at exactly two o'clock on March the 28th, uh, the great thing is if you sign up for this class, you will get automatically delivered into your email <clears throat> um, the link to it that, that will be good for several days afterwards. So you can always watch the replay. I just want you to have the answers to these questions. I just want you to be comfortable with your childcare situation, you know, and that's what, um, that's what this is all about. The other way to be comfortable with that is to join our private coaching community where I am literally working with people right now to, uh, and I have all, you know, 
all along been working with people to help them get the best childcare. And I mean, we've, I've got one coaching client who is sort of moving from, they realized in our work together, she realized that they got to get the heck out of this bad one. And we, we got to get into a, a good one. And so I was able to help her in her quest to find a better childcare. And, and I'm helping her now while she is still dealing with the, they've got months before they can move from, um, from the subpar childcare to the, the, the good childcare. And, um, we're, we're working through that together. And I think it's, it just, uh, from the things that she is saying in our forums, it's clear that she's just getting a lot from having somebody to ask those questions as she's going through this daily. I mean, it's, it's been, um, it's been so good to be able to help her with that and to have the knowledge that somebody needs that can just make their lives better. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful about that. And uh, I am super grateful to her for all her questions and all her thoughts. Um, I'm so proud of her too. And and you know who I'm talking about. If it's you, you know it, right? Um, I'm just so proud of you for all of the work that you've put into this. And um, I, I just, I'm, I'm excited for you. And I know that things are, are just going to get better and better. So, all right. So anyway, you can join NPC by going to we turned out okay.com slash join NPC. The private coaching community is called the ninja parenting community because everybody in there is a ninja parent and I want you to be too. So you should join if you're not already. All right. Thank you so much for sharing this show for, for sharing it just with one friend or even into a parenting group that you belong. We do the show to give back uh, to the parenting community and and it's super helpful when you share it because then uh, more people can know about it. Thank you also for subscribing to the show. Uh, when you do that, you get notified automatically of things like extra episodes, bonus episodes that I occasionally do. And you also um, get to do that happy dance that that I so I know I do when a when a podcast that I love uh, when they when it updates in and you know shows a new episode, I'm just like yeah. And, um, I, you know, you should subscribe to this show if you feel like you'd like to do that happy dance too. <laughs> All right. And thank you again so much for rating and reviewing the show. We really take your reviews seriously and we, we, um, we celebrate the good stuff. There's a lot of, there's like 50 five-star reviews of this show. And, um, there are some that are, that are, less than that. And what we try to do from those is, is learn from them. I mean, um, so I, I hope that you would, you would get in and you'd give the show a, a review that, um, you know, reflects like what we can do for you. And, um, if you're happy with what we're doing, great. If, if you wish that we could do something else for you, then let us know, please, please, please share. And, uh, and thank you so much for all of that. Okay. Back to episode 271. We will, uh, you'll hear my voice right again at the other side of this break. <laughs> okay. We are back from the break. And just as a refresher before the break, we did talk about how our mindset can influence our kids mindset and specifically if we expect that that the avoidance of failure is more important or if we if we sort of make our kids believe get our kids to believe raise them to believe that avoiding failure is more important than the effort put into a project is, is important 
uh, if that I know that was terrible English, I apologize for that. But uh, what we're trying to do is to communicate to them that they should have a growth mindset, rather than a fixed mindset, it's going to get them further in life, it's going to make it more much more likely that they eventually become successful, fulfilled, happy people. And that is our goal with this whole series and kind of as parents, isn't it? I mean, like we want, maybe we want some other things. We, we, uh, we joke around here about how we want our kids to take care of us in our dotage, (laughs) but, um, and maybe we just want to enjoy the spending the time with them, but these are always, it's always good to have the future maybe on your mind a little bit because, um, and I don't mean that in a pressure filled sense at all. What I'm trying to do here is take some of the pressure off by teaching you some things that you can do to uh, make your child's future like better and happier. And um, you can start fortunately working on those things right now. So that, that is, this series is I'm also turning it into a book, like as as you're listening, if you're listening sort of before April of 2019, I'm working really, really hard to turn this series into a book because I want you so much to be able to get the benefits of um, enjoying time with your kids right now, knowing that you are also securing their future. And I think that's that's really what the whole thing is all about, just to pull out to a 20,000 foot view for you for a minute. And specifically, I want to get into now, how do we teach our kids to value effort over avoiding failure? And there's a couple of ways that we can that we can do this. The first way that I think of is, is a, it's a real mindset thing. We have to adopt a growth mindset ourselves. Like if we look into ourselves and we see a person who believes, I, I now possess all the intelligence and creativity that I'm ever going to possess I think that's a real showstopper. It can be a real showstopper. If if we can say to ourselves, instead of, I'm not smart enough to figure that out, if we can instead ask the question, well, how, how could I figure that out? <laughs> that's basically the difference between a growth and a fixed mindset. A, a fixed mindset says, I can't figure that out. And a growth mindset asks, how can I figure that out? And really, that's the second one is, is, opening, uh, sorry, not opening, asking open-ended questions. So so if the first part of this is adopting a growth mindset ourselves, for ourselves, in our own minds, the second part of it is asking our child open-ended questions and, and feeling like, helping them feel like we're going to help them get the answers if they don't understand, but that they are very capable of understanding because we can always learn more stuff. Like we do not, it's not that you have a fixed IQ. It's that you, you have a, you have the capability in your brain to understand and learn and incorporate new knowledge and put it to use. I mean, the other thing is to, to, to put new knowledge to use, right. To make it be something that, uh, that works. So digging a little bit deeper into the first one of these, how do we adopt a growth mindset ourselves? And I think the the real answer there is to think on, imagine that you're sitting at a, a table and you're given a test. And your first thought, this is really how you'll know, right? If your first thought is a hard test, I'm talking about something that's difficult. If your first thought is, oh boy, I, I can't, I can't do this. Like I'm, I'm, if I try to answer these questions, 
I'm going to make a mistake. And then everybody who looks at this will know how dumb I am. Like, I can't, I can't answer this. And a lot of us feel that way about a lot of things. And, and um, I'm asking you to not feel that way. Instead, I'm asking you to adopt a, a growth mindset of this is put in front of you. And it's, it's a, you know, it, it's asking you to communicate knowledge that you kind of, that, that, is a challenge for you. And if you can, instead of thinking, oh, I'm not smart enough to do this, if you can think, well, how would I do this? How would I approach the, you know, finding an answer to this question? Um, You know, I think if you can make that be your mindset, well, you're, you're really well on the way to having a growth mindset. And I personally have found this to be life-changing. I, I do, I did used to have a fixed mindset And I know this because I felt, I always felt, I was always told that I was very smart. I, I, um, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but, uh, apparently I took some IQ tests when I was a kid and, and they never told me what the actual number was, but, uh, it was always communicated to me that that number was way above average. So I always approached tests, for example, with the knowledge that I was a pretty smart person, but I, I would come up against what I believed were the limits of my brain. So like, for example, geometry was something that I didn't immediately understand. And I, I mean, now I hate to blame somebody outside myself. Um, so I guess I will only partly lay the blame here, but my 10th grade geometry teacher was humiliating and intimidating. And, uh, he would put you up in front of the class and yell at you if you didn't understand something. I mean, it was it was a terrible learning situation. And from that, A, I had nightmares that in, even into my adult life, I still had nightmares about this, about this teacher in this class. Um, but B, it, it, it all it did was make me realize, okay, now I've come up against the limits of my knowledge. <laughs> and as I think about it, probably the book that helped me get over this, I read when uh, I was already a parent. So um I can't even remember, you know, I think the kids were really quite small. I'm going to guess it was before any kind of chronic illness symptoms. So prior to being 40, so somewhere in my thirties, I read a book called The Drunkard's Path, I believe. I will, it's either The Drunkard's Path or The Drunkard's Walk. And I will link to it in the show notes, which you can find at weturnedoutokay.com slash 271. Um, When I read this book, it's actually, it's so interesting. It's a book about randomness. And how randomness affects people's lives. And it gets into math. It gets into mathematical concepts. And I had already concluded that I was dumb in math, stupid in math. I mean, that's really what geometry taught me in high school is that I couldn't do math, basically. And so I'm now in my, say, my mid-30s. And I'm I'm reading this book, which I, I got into because I was fascinated with the concept of randomness. You know, that... Um, that I'm here in Massachusetts because of the randomness of my parents, A, meeting each other, you know, happening, happening, their families happened to emigrate to the same city. So they met each other. And then uh, my dad happened to work for a company that offered to transfer him down to the United States from Canada so that he could um, take part in something they were building here. 
And uh, I mean, just the whole thing, like the whole thing, just, you know, who my ancestors are, all of that is so random. And so that's what pulled me into this idea. And then once I got into it and realized there was math, the book is written in such a way that it's, it encourages you to, to think, okay, I can understand this. And I really, I'm going to date my growth mindset to that moment of reading that book. Cause I, for the first time ever, began to really understand mathematical concepts and 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 be invigorated at at the challenge of trying to understand something that I didn't understand before. The other thing I'm going to link to if I can find it is the biography of Richard Feynman, who's a he's a he was a physics professor um who also happened to like help develop the bomb. He worked on the Manhattan Project and um, later profoundly regretted that. And then he helped figure out what had happened to the space shuttle Challenger when it, um, exploded. Like he, he almost did that in, if I remember correctly, he talks about doing, working on the Challenger disaster as a kind of atonement for, in his mind for, um, for working on the Manhattan project. But anyway, uh, that I read that a little bit later. So that's probably, I'm now probably 40 something because I did already have the chronic illness when I read this one, but it's a graphic novel, a graphic novelization of Richard Feynman's life. And um, I still remember things vividly like in pictures, which is so fascinating to me. And one of the, what I took from that, there's a, there's a part in that book where Richard Feynman has a, a younger sister and they were, they were, you know, they were young people, young adults, sort of in the like 30s, 40s. And that is not a time when, uh, no matter how intelligent you were as a woman, that was not a time when you could go and be a professor of anything, right? Like all of the messages are, you can't do this. Your your place is in the home. You should be having babies and, you know, producing the next generation of people who are going to go out and solve the world's problems. And the thing is, she was so smart. She wanted to solve the world's problems too. She wanted to be part of that and work on that. And Richard Feynman, like from from their parents and from their uh, people around them, she was getting the message, you can't do this. Like you, you must give this up. You are not allowed to take classes in this. You need to focus on housework and stuff like that. And Richard Feynman would like smuggle her books and she would say, so she was in high school and he was in, I believe, college or he might have even been uh, out of college and in teaching at that point. But he would smuggle her in books on things like astrophysics because she was really, really interested in astrophysics. And she would say he would be like, OK, I have to leave. Like, I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't stay in the apartment and, and teach you, but you can read this book and then you'll know. And she said at one point, she said, well, how like, what do I do if I get stuck? And his answer has stayed with me forever. He said, what you do when you get stuck is this. You go back to the last thing that you understood and you start reading again from there. And I cannot tell you how many times I like literally just last night thought about this because uh, I'll get to a point where I'm losing concentration. And rather than get frustrated, I will think of Richard Feynman talking to his sister and saying, okay, if you're frustrated, if you're stuck, go back to the last thing that you really comprehended and took in and start from there. And that has saved my bacon like a million times since I read this book. And 
that is another representation of a growth mindset. What I'm doing is I'm saying to myself, you're capable of understanding this. This is a this is a, a cool challenge to take on. It's not something to be afraid of. It's something to work on and and get better at. And um I think that's really the 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 basis to adopting a growth mindset ourselves is we, we uh, first of all, need to see, oh, I did have a fixed mindset. I do have a fixed mindset. What can I do about it? And um, the second, and what you can do about it is you can, you can choose something that you're curious about and go and pursue that. And, um, you know, maybe even pursue it with your kids if it's something that they're interested in as well. And then, so digging into the second part of this, asking open-ended questions. Uh, so, when, when your child is drawing a picture and you are watching them do it and you're, you're hoping to kind of foster their learning, what's the first thing that you think of? If you, I think a lot of us have been conditioned to say things like, I really like that picture. Um, what's that color? So you'll point to a specific color in the picture and you'll say, what's that color? And you're, you know, purple, you're expecting the answer, right? If it's purple or whatever. And so you do this three or four times with the different colors. And now you can satisfy yourself of, of, of the knowledge that your four-year-old knows their colors. But that doesn't, that's where the learning ends. Like it's not really learning. That's just rote memorization. Um, that's, that's a tool on the way to learning, but it's not, it's not, I don't qualify it as actual learning. Um, anybody can spout back the colors just like anybody can spout back their numbers or their letters or whatever. What do you do with them? That's where it gets really, really interesting. So asking an open-ended question, open-ended question, for example, is not what color is that? That that has one specific answer. It is not an open-ended question. Asking the question, what is your, what are you, uh, what are you drawing? Or what are you working on? Something like that. Um, something that will, will help your child want to share. And um, you could even say like, wow, that's a really cool drawing you're making. Um, what, what, what's this part over here? Can you tell me about this? And like, sometimes you're not going to have any, it'll be a bunch of squiggles, right? But if you can get your child to tell you a story about it or, or what it represents to them, that's an open-ended question with a really interesting response. And, and good, good, good stuff comes from those open-ended questions. You know what I mean? So, uh, so that's where I want to leave you today. That is, I think, how you can, how you can help your child value effort over avoiding failure and how you can do it yourself. It's really avoiding failure is something we very much do not want to do because avoiding failure means that we miss out on the experience of making mistakes. And now we want to guard against, I think what a lot of people are afraid of is, um, we want to guard against physical injury, for example. Um, and we want to, you know, kind of have some guardrails around our kids so that they don't do things that are, are, that they're, that they're going to get hurt at. But Jessica and Jessica Leahy makes, again, just to bring her up, she makes the most, the wonder, most wonderful case for this in her book. If we never let them try anything, they may have a feeling of confidence, like just brash confidence. Oh, of course I can do that. But there's a big difference between thinking you can use a chainsaw and being able to use a chainsaw. And if you don't have the experience of using a screwdriver 
or a, a, a hammer, other tools that you use with your hands, and then graduating from those to like the weed whacker, electric tools that you use, mechanical, you know, like things that require power. You know, we need to, there, there's a lot of levels of learning before we can start using a chainsaw. And if our kids don't have any frame of reference for those other more basic uh, f- frames of, of le- reference, you know, if they don't have that learning before they get to the chainsaw, then they are not going to know what to do when they get to the chainsaw. And they might have a very false sense of confidence that they do know what to do. So our job is to teach, is to help them become competent. So first you become competent at using a hammer and a screwdriver. And then you graduate to uh, more things like power tools. Now you maybe you can use a drill. Maybe you can use a, a a weed whacker. Maybe you can use a power nail gun with supervision, right? Maybe you can learn how to do these things so that by the time you get to the chainsaw level, you are competent. And when that tree falls on your house, you can use the chainsaw to cut it back and, 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 um, take control. You know what I mean? Uh, so I guess that, you know, that's, I guess that's really where I'm going to leave you. That's why we want to promote, um, effort over avoiding failure because avoiding failure isn't going to get you what you need to be a fulfilled, successful, happy person. So um, thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful to you for being here that you listened all the way through to the end of the episode. It means so much to me. I also have a special thanks to our producer, the man who has really fostered our children's growth mindsets, which has just been so much fun to see. It's, it's great that he, you know, when they were young, he would bring them in to do things like woodworking or uh, other things. Like he always, I think, intuitively understood that you have to make mistakes in order to progress. And um, he's been such a helpful teacher with that for our kiddos. So thank you so much for that. He is the 21-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, Benjamin Culp. And um, he, I'm so grateful for him. I'm and and so are you because he makes this show sound awesome and it's his voice by the way that you hear at the top of the show too so that's really cool all right uh thank you again so much for listening it's really great to have you here with me and we will see you next time thank you for listening to we turned out okay i want a date to australia Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. I want to pee in the woods. Theater, 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 theater,